The Dropback with Sam Lewis, Matt Burns Peak, Joe Costanzo, and Sam Wilson. Hello and welcome back to the Dropback Podcast. I'm Sam Lewis. I'm joined today. What is just Matt Burns Peak? How are you doing, Matt? I'm pretty good, mate. Pretty good. Okay, so today we're going to be looking at, well, the NFC and AFC East, sort of what questions could define both these team seasons. Hopefully by the time this podcast has come out, we have already edited and released the North because that's been a bit of a oh yeah kerfuffle, shall we say. I forgot we did the North. Yeah, we did that like two weeks ago, and then we've had issues with editing. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to assume it went really well, the, and it was... Though that's the thing. When you do a podcast that's just so perfect, it's almost like you don't even need to edit it in a way. Yeah, which is why we're still in the process of editing that. That's why we've chosen not to. <laughs> okay, do you want to kick it off with the AFC or NFC? Uh, AFC, because then I'll have the most attention span, and then it'll sort of dwindle as we start to talk about your team. Is it worth doing the other way around then, or no. you've made your mind up? Made my mind up. Okay, cool. Let's start with the, well, I mean, the champions of the AFC East last year then, the Buffalo Bills. Ooh. Good, good season last year. Pretty I mean, pretty season. great season last year. They were just, what, 13 seconds shy of making the AFC Championship game. Oh, so. yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd sort of forgotten about just how uh, heart-crushingly close they were. Yeah, so, I mean, one question, I mean, it has to be asked is... How big a loss is Brian Dable going to be? I think mm. with their offense, they should be fine. But I think the bigger question I have for the Bills is can the defense sort of carry its weight a little bit more? They brought in Von Miller and Kair Elam in the draft. Yeah. Can they make life a little bit easier for the Bills' defense? Because we saw what happened in that what AFC divisional round last year. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I, I think for me, that's the, that's the biggest thing as well. Like that. Bill's defense just conceded so many points. Um, I think I think their average points conceded was was hovering around the thirty mark, and it's just like you can't you can't have a sustainable you know that 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 sort of that's going to catch up with you at some point in the season, and it might you know it might not be what loses you games every week, but it's what puts your offense in a situation where they have to score thirty plus every week just to be able to sustain the win column. Um, and eventually that sort of pressure does does um, does show. So I think that that's going to be a big thing for them if they can just be a bit more stingy and harder to break down on the defense. Um, or even just, you know, sort of pivot to that sort of bend-don't-break model of defense where, mm. yeah, we're going to give up points, but it's going to take you six minutes to, to do it. And I think with that, if you're going to go bend-don't-break, you need to be able to get home eventually because mm. you can't just let them sit in the pocket, take dinks and dunks the whole game. Yeah. So I think they what they went they went Basham and they we've got AJ Pedessa and Greg Rousseau. So they've got a lot of these young guys, that, none of which have really hit that next level that they yeah. would hope one would break out as. So they went out and spent a shit ton of money on Von Miller, which is like, what do you do? Right, okay, that's the Rams method. It works. You're almost there. Go and get a superstar that can push you over the top. Yeah, and, and you- yeah, and I think he will have success. I think you know Von Miller is a one man wrecking ball at times. Um, you know, you can question the longevity of that as a as a way to build a, a roster. But like you said, the Rams have done something very similar in terms of we'll we'll have a super team for two or three years with these aging like veterans who are exceptional and then 
we'll have to face the fact that we'll have to basically re- rebuild from scratch. Um, my biggest concern with that would be they very much on the, on the defensive side of the ball pinned everything on Von, Von Miller, I think, to be able to be their main pass rushing threat. Mm. Um, and we've seen before, he's been out for seasons before for injury. Like he's not, he's, he's not had a particularly great record in terms of staying healthy in recent years. Um, so that would be a big concern for me. So uh, they need one of the basic young guys to take that step, but it yeah. doesn't need to be to take that step to the elite level that they would have needed without Miller. True. Yeah, exactly. They can, they can, and they've, they've, it gives them that leeway to really, you know, it can be any one of them that steps up. Um, and they've got that bit of leeway that if, if it takes them a bit of time to adjust, as it sometimes does with, with younger players, you know, they've got that time afforded by bringing in someone like Von Miller, who can hopefully, you know, accelerate that process as well, right? You know, the, the value of having a veteran to learn off is mm. a massive thing in the NFL. Um, so they'll be hoping for that as well. But like I said, if that defense just needs to be harder to to score on quickly and then i think the offense is still so good um that they'd be fine i mean i in an ideal world you'd say that they'd have they'd still want to have a stronger running game outside of josh allen just sort of taking it and yeeting himself at people um but if you could be that explosive in the air then i mean but then again you saw what happened to the chiefs when people go over the go over the top it's like right beat us on short passes and that but i think josh allen like if you get there's a year you get to absolutely run him when there's no one when the are playing over the top yeah like have fun stopping josh allen with light boxes yeah that is very true um i think but yeah i mean it's like you said is is nitpicking almost with this team because when i was like listing out these questions because i think we want to move at a faster pace than we did with the northern one where it was just a bit of a mess there weren't many issues that i could see with this bills team that would sort of define their um, season i think they're yeah. very much an afc contender oh for sure and like they've got to have super bowl aspirations and i think Right, the, the two aspects that could define that we've just spoke about there, they're not huge things. It's just like, right, what can help them take that little... Yeah, little exactly. Step? I mean, I was in the same boat when I was trying to think about what could be the sort of pressing questions outside of the obvious stuff of like, oh, if Josh Allen gets injured, which is just not even worth talking about because that's the same for every team. Um, and the only things I could really think of was, yeah, can the defense be harder to break down and, and concede less points on a game average? And can the offense stay consistent? Because there were a few games last season mm-hmm. where the wheels sort of came off for yeah. a little bit. And, um, yeah, they were, they were sort of big in prime time and in the playoffs, it was like, right, fantastic, you're doing it there. But yeah. like you said, can you do it for the whole year? Exactly. Um, but I think, I mean, ultimately, I think the Bills would be fine. I would be very surprised if they didn't win the AFC East again this this yeah. year, if I'm honest. All right, let's move on to the other team that made the playoffs for the AFC East, which I think there's a few more questions about on both sides of the ball. Um, New England Patriots. Let's <laughs> start on the offense. I When I was looking, it's like, can they produce some more explosive plays on offense because they were sort of they were very run heavy with sort of all the fullback stuff apparently yeah. moving away to that sort of a Shanahan McVeigh kind of system it's all wide zone kind of stuff and play action yeah um I'll be honest I'm you know I've I've been quite vocal about my thoughts on Mac Jones as a top quarterback but outside of that I'm a little bit worried about this Patriots offense because it is such a drastic change I mean it's all it's a complete staff overhaul almost in terms of the the coaches that have left we still don't know who the offensive coordinator actually is mm, it's a mystery man um which never really bodes well and also i mean you you know it is it is training camp and you know it's, it would be the first time that we've heard things about stuff not being quite right in training camp and then you get to the first game of the season it's fine but there's been a lot made of especially from patriots beat writers about how the offense has just looked completely 
unprepared and manhandled by the defense throughout training camp um which you know you can look at it both ways that's really fucking good for the defensive side of the ball um but it doesn't bode well for an offense that i think really struggled at points last year to be consistent and to be able to score the number of points that you need Mm. um because i mean even if you just look in the division like you're playing the bills twice they're going to score a heap of points i think that the dolphins offense will be able to put up points quite quickly as well because of how the, the changes they've put on it um you need to be able to to score a lot of points or maybe not maybe not a lot a decent amount of points every week and at times last year the the, the offense just looked putrid mm. um and I still don't really think the personnel they've got on that side of the ball is particularly impressive. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think Ramondre Stevenson apparently is a great fit for this zone scheme and, he, and they're actually fielding trade offers for Damian Harris, which is interesting Interesting because I think Stevenson did look really good at times last yeah. year. I don't share the same level of concern about Matt Jones as you do. I don't think he's going to be a top guy, but if you're going sort of zone play action and you're asking someone to do a Garoppolo job, he's probably more accurate and a better yeah. decision maker than Garoppolo. I mean, if it, I would probably rather have him than Garoppolo if that was how my team was going to play. My biggest issue is with that receiving call. Like they, oh, yeah. They've all got sort of aspects. Devontae Parker's your sort of 50-50 ball winner. Kendrick Bourne and Jacoby Myers just do the, I mean, sort of do their thing. Yeah. But there's no right win a, win a jam now. Who who can we go to that will get us out of this? Exactly, it's like it's relying on scheming something up for the right player in the right moment, rather than someone being able to go out and make a play. Yeah, and I I feel with all of their receivers as well, they are they are players that have struggled at times with consistency. I mean, I know firsthand from having Parker at the Dolphins, he was super frustrating because one week he'd looked he'd look amazing, and then the next week it'd be like this is a totally different player. Um, and especially if you're going to rely on an offensive system where, you know, you need to be able to, if they're going to go back to that sort of dink and dunk stuff and, 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 and how they've sort of done things previously, like you really need to be able to quantify and, and feel confident in the level of production you're going to get from each of your receivers. And I just feel like pretty much all of them, you don't know what you're going to get from a week to week basis. Like they're, they're, they're not consistent performers, mm. um, which then makes that style of offense very tricky to, to sustain. Yeah, absolutely. And if we look at the defensive side of the ball, my biggest issue is like what Bill Belichick likes to do is like play a lot of man coverage. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've seen the depth chart recently, but their cornerbacks listed as starters are Terrence Mitchell, Jalen Mills, and Malcolm Butler, who's back from a time. And it's like, wow, that JC Jackson loss is going to be enormous. And it's yeah. not like they've got a whole lot to fall back on. Like, I mean, there's a good chance that Bill Belichick's found a, a massive corner in the late rounds that's going to become a superstar, which yeah. is reasonably likely but I mean you just don't it's going to be a, it looks like it's going to be a different defensive scheme based on that because those aren't guys you want one on one like absolutely the- not no um, yeah I, I, I agree I think they're so thin defensively I think this is arguably one of the thinnest Patriots rosters we've seen Bill Belichick have to deal with to be honest which is going to be a unique challenge in itself um, they're also spending so much money on this roster. Yeah, it's it's, re- it's been put together in a really strange way, a very sort of unpatriots way, I'd feel. Um, so, you know, they, I think they have, over the last two or three years, gone in a quite different way in terms of roster building than perhaps we're used to them going. Um, and the effect of that is the situation that they're in now, like I said, not very much depth, a lot of players which you would not necessarily associate with being Patriots players in the, in the way they've played over the last sort of decade. Um, 
so maybe it is a different defensive scheme, in which case that could either be a massive plus because, you know, if, if Bill Belichick's come up with a better way to run <laughs> NFL defenses, then I think everyone's going to be in trouble. Or it could, you know, fall flat on its face. And, I, and we're not really going to know until probably three or four games into the season what, what effect that's going to have. Yeah, I, it, it's just odd with this Patriots team because you always have tr- faith in them, but... Like if there was if it was any other team or franchise in this situation, you'd be like, this is not a good team. Mm. But I mean, we were saying that last year, and they made the playoffs. I mean, they were never looking like contenders. But Belichick is always going to get his teams ready to compete. Yeah, I just I don't think they've got a particularly high ceiling this year. No, I'd agree with that. I think they're not going. I mean, they're not going to be a bad team. They're not. Then in no way do I feel they're in danger of going. You know something stupid in terms of wins and losses but i think that they're going to be a very middling team mm. um and i just think with the bills in this position that they are in that the the patriots aren't going to muster enough challenge to to really give them a fight for the title um and then the only other team is the dolphins and that like i said we're not going to know until the first half of the season is over what sort of team the dolphins are really um so I think it's not necessarily... They're not in a bad place, the Patriots. I just don't think they're in a place where they're going to be serious contenders for the next two or three years, if I'm honest. Fair enough. Okay, let's move on to the Dolphins because I've got the questions that I'm unsure about the season and you as a very excited Dolphins fans can try and answer these as impartially as possible, all right? Of course, yes. All right, first of all, how much of the defense is incredibly talented players and how much is Brian Flores' scheme? Ooh, <laughs> well, that is an interesting question. I'm, t- yeah, I'm I'm tempted to say, if you say fifty fifty. I'll throw something at you. <laughs> yeah, that would be a cop out. Um, I to be honest, I'm I was tempted. I would be tempted to say that it was mostly Brian Flores' scheme, just because there's been not a huge amount of turnover in terms of new faces on defense, and there's been such stark difference between how we played at the start of Flores' sort of time as as head coach to the end. Um, like at the start, defensively, we were fucking mess but as throughout his tenure the defense was sort of steadily trending upwards and then it culminating in it being an an absolute powerhouse of a defense at times when you know we we, we had that amazing streak of getting takeaways every week um and i think more of that probably was to do with scheme than player talent however i do feel that where we are as a roster defensively now is a lot stronger than it was at any point under Flores so I think that's going to add an interesting dimension to it because we are now a lot more talented on the defensive side okay good to hear um how is Mike McDaniels going to basically unlock all the speech you've got on the field now you got Hill Waddle because yeah. he's pretty fast for a tight end and then you got Raheem Mostert as well so what does the offense look like is it a 49ers offense or is it more sort of quick passes get the ball in the playmaker's hands um I I, I really don't know I think I my gut instinct would be that it would be more of a 49ers type offense, but I think we we've played sort of quick. We've tried to do quick passing type offense so often in the last sort of five to six years of the Dolphins that you know they'll definitely want to incorporate some parts of that. Right? I mean, Tua Tua as a quick sort of one-two read guy or an RPO guy, like I think could be really strong. So that would definitely suit that sort of skill set. And like I said, you've sort of built a, a team now where we've got two or three players on the field at any one time who can just get the ball and outrun everyone. Um, so it would kind of be stupid to limit that, I feel, by going solely down the 49ers type route. Um, for me, with our offense, my only real concern is how often we'll actually be able to get all those players onto the field. 
<clears throat> on any given game week because the main problem I, f- I have with that offense is they're all, you know, we've got some really super talented, super fast guys, but all of them have had injury problems. Like, well, and the fact is as well that you went out and paid money for like Alec Ingold, a mm. fullback. You've got um, a, an army of tight ends there that are blocking tight ends because yeah. Siki isn't really a true tight end. Are you going to be in a lot of sort of heavy personnel that the Niners were in and then not be able to have all these guys doing stuff at once? I think I think I wouldn't be surprised if we start the season playing a lot more sort of almost, you know, looking at sort of four wide spreads and, and trying to get all of the speedsters on the field at the same time. I think because of the injury history with so many of our players, we will start to see some of those guys go down. And in tandem with that, I think we'll start to pivot to more heavy sets. I think they'll at least try and go out with the intention of playing quite sort of spread. Um, Is that what it's looked like in training camp? Um, it's been difficult in training camp because it's been very mixed, I feel. Um I mean, the main sort of things coming out of training camp has been that two has looked really good in the sort of shorter passing situations in terms of like red zone offense and, and seven seven nine nine sort of thing, um, which is a massive plus. And maybe, I mean, maybe that's an instinct of the way they want to go. If they're really focusing heavily on those sort of things, maybe that's because you know, that's going to be a major part of the game plan is getting the ball out quickly and wide. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if due to injuries and those sort of things, the Dolphins start to transition and especially towards the latter half of the season will have to be more run heavy. Okay. And I mean, probably a factor determining like what sort of offense they're going to play is like you went and got to run Armstead, mm. but the rest of the offensive line is basically the same as what it was last year. Yeah. I mean, the the, the two sort of notable changes are, is going to be Terran Armstead and Connor, Connor Williams. Williams. Go by him, yeah. Um, but you know, two two big blokes does not make an O line, and it's for us to be successful. Ideally, I would have liked the Dolphins to go out and make bigger moves at trying to get new players in for the for the offensive line. I just think that so many of those players underperformed last year and the year before last. That yes, it's a new coaching staff, it's a new scheme, yada yada yada. But I think you know, it was. Certainly, for some of them, they didn't necessarily. We're still at the point chance. where Eichenberg and Austin Jackson are listed as starters. Yeah, which isn't ideal. Uh, I mean, they could they could come good. You know, they're they're young players. They're very raw. They've not had exactly a very easy introduction to the NFL in terms of being on teams that have self imploded. Um, but I think it would have been better. I think McDaniel's would have been in a much stronger position had we gone out and spent some money on you know veterans really even for the first year just to help them embed that scheme and so it doesn't rely on young players who have proven to be quite inconsistent to sort of start that era off um you'd prefer to be in a situation where you're playing maybe older veterans who you can rely on while those other guys get practice reps and get more comfortable and understand the scheme more so that that is still a worry for me i'm i it's looking like Connor williams will probably end up playing center which would be interesting um but I don't know how long that will last because I think I wouldn't be surprised if they start to try and move him around because of his versatility when people are underperforming mm. um, because there's no one else. Like, Fair enough. He, he he can be very consistent and good. So if people, in if, if we're struggling at guard, then you can easily slot him in instead. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised to see that happen, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I'm finding it really difficult to have a look at this um, Dolphins team. I feel a lot of, there's a lot of optimism around the team and I'm not going to be like, 
oh, but Tua might be shit. It was, it's more like, it's, my worry is all the stuff that we're seeing about the Dolphins team, the stuff that we always get excited about by a particular team every yeah. offseason, like, oh, they got fun weapons and they've yep. got, a, they got a new head coach. But I think the fact is you weren't fantastic at stopping the run last year. No. Nope. And your O-line is still iffy, which is, which are still two of the biggest things in football. Yeah. Like however much we get to a pass happy game and the fact that teams are bombing it deep is like, first of all, can you protect the quarterback long enough to, for him to stay deep? And can you get the defense off the field when you need to? Yeah. And I'm not sure how much those have been addressed by the Dolphins organization, plus all the stuff that's going on in the background. Yeah, it's not a good look as well. That that is you, you can't underestimate the effect that that sort of has on on a seat on your season prep when you've got all of the sort sort of legal baggage surrounding the team and you know talk of you know you're a new player joining a franchise and there's talk that they potentially try to intentionally lose games and stuff like that immediately puts you in a bit of a weird position as a player um but you know Mike McDonald's has been fun he seems like a breath a breath of fresh air um the players seem to really like him the media loves him Mm. you know I just hope that it that he gets an easier an easy ride at the start of the season to sort of embed his ideas and and get across how he wants to play because I do feel this is quite a fragile roster in terms of depth like I said yeah. at that O-line and, and D-line in terms of the ability to stop the run weren't good at it last season haven't made huge notable improvements in terms of additions and personnel and the same with the O-line so if you start to gain injuries to players that you're really relying on who didn't reperform that well last year in two of the most crucial places on the roster, that could seriously like cut the all, all of the goodwill and all I really, of the. I thought you were going to say cook your goose then, and yeah. I would have been really pleased, but you didn't. It can all, it could cook your goose. Yeah, but yeah, the type of thing. I would be pleasantly surprised if this team meet, meets re- reaches the playoffs. I, I'm not. I wouldn't bet on it, but I wouldn't be. Oh my god! I can't believe that happened because you can see the way that they would. Yeah, I just don't know if it's enough this year. And um, to be honest, and I, th- I think that is a step forward as well. Like I think, you know, I don't think we're by any means like shoo-ins to, to make the playoffs, but you can certainly, s- it's not too difficult to imagine this team making the playoffs, which is a massive step up from, you know, even in my wildest dreams last season, at best I would have, I wanted us to sneak into the playoffs, but I was under no illusions that we'd go far. Like I, I We thought- might have to check the tape on that. <laughs> well in my mind at least um like I, I do think that the dolphins if they'd made the playoffs would very much have been probably one and done and out again because the the strength in in the players and the and the roster just wasn't there whereas i think now that roster is genuinely exciting and has the ability if those players if if they can gel it in a meaningful way then that 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 team is good enough to, to play in the playoffs it's just yeah whether those weaker parts of the roster hold up to uh, the full schedule mm. and they uh, don't end up ruining things for the all the fun players that you've got on the outside. Fair enough. Okay, let's move on to the last team in the AFC East, the New York Jets, who... Um, Literally the last team. I think the bit... I mean, the, we talked about how they have a fun, fun off-season, good free agent signing, really yeah. fun first round of the draft especially. Mm. You get Carl Lawson back from injury. I think one question is, if all these pieces gel... Like, can they be a little bit of a frisky team? No. You don't think so? No, at all. Good D-line. Robert Salah's a good, very good defensive coach. Yeah. He made a living in San Francisco by having sort of pressure. A hundred percent. Out of four guys, they've got Carl Lawson, Jermaine Johnson now. Mm, I think defensively, I've got no... I don't really have much to worry about with the Jets defensively. I, I, I really liked what they did in the draft to address, you know, I thought 
Gardner was an awesome pick. Um, like I said, Salo's got the credentials to be a fantastic defensive coach, and they've got some great. They've got a great front. My bugbear with the Jets is on offense. I still think that they're so far away from being properly competitive. Okay, is this an entire offense thing or a Zach Wilson thing? An entire offense thing. I don't think it's helped by Zach Wilson, and especially now that you know he's he's going to have to have surgery before the start of the season so thankfully that's, not missing the full season because yeah, as a Jets fan at least you yeah. want to see step forward in that for sure and, you, and also you know a young player in the league you want to see him get the chance as well to actually progress um, regardless of if you think he's got that that potential you want you want them to at least get a fair crack at it but I think that's really really not ideal preparation for, for what is a, I think a make or break year for Zach Wilson to be honest um, seems harsh seeing as though last year he was interrupted by injury he might be starting off injured this year yeah I just I feel like we we've especially for a team that doesn't seem just a quarterback away I guess so I just I feel like you know you didn't really see enough in terms of like he makes the same sort of mistakes I feel like he's not an elite athlete in terms of to be able to cover for some of those errors that he makes in terms of reading the game and decision making that's fair um, I, w- I would say that I'm all right with sort of a rookie making the same mistakes it's just if he's making if like I'm all right with them not making the playoffs this year as long as he's sort oh, no. of cleaning up his game and you can see sure. right he's got the mindset now of an NFL quarterback yeah he's more. not he's by by no means he's not done um and you know even if they did have another bad season I think I don't think that they would kick him out of town because like I said that that roster's still nowhere near ready to compete um but they, I've, I could see them having some very serious doubts if he doesn't take that next step and, and going into the season just having surgery is not how he'd like to prepare. And then you've got to address the whole Mikai Beckton thing as well. Like, that's a huge loss. Mm. That's a massive issue for them. Um, so I'd, I'd... And, you know, then you can talk about their ability to run the ball and, and the weapons they have on the outside and stuff like that. Like, they have bits and pieces on, of an offense there, but they by no means have a full unit that I think anyone in the NFL would be scared of, to be honest. Um, I think they'll I think they'll definitely run some teams close this year because their defense is is very strong and they do have a few sort of playmakers, but I, I just don't see them being able to put up a consistent fight against some of the other offenses and, and or the, actually more so the other defense in the league in terms of being able to stop their offense. Fair. I think they could be, I think they could be a sneaky little dark horse team that's like in and around the playoff hunt this year really if Zach Wilson takes a step because I think it'd have to be a fucking leap though no? it would but like I like I like some of their pieces Garrett David Garrett Wilson even Elijah Moore was coming on at the end of the season yeah true he missed a lot of the beginning of the season with injury last year so he's a nice piece Brees Hall as a rookie running back you just think right if if the game can slow down a little bit for Zach Wilson and he's got a very good arm he can make plays yeah and the uh, if the offensive line can hold up, I mean, I know it's a lot of ifs, but the defense I think will be good. Yeah, I agree with that. I and think I, the defense will be good. So I think it'll be enough to keep them in games and a little bit of magic next year. Mm. I, I don't know. I think I think I'm not saying I think they'll make the playoffs. I just don't. I wouldn't be surprised if they were sort of coming nearish nine wins at the end of the season. Be like, all right, and so going into 2023, saying like, right, okay, let's see what the Jets can do this year. Uh, I think everything would would very much need to go right for that to be the case. I yes. I think they will be propping up the AFC East again this season, but I think they you know I don't think it will be miles between them and, and and the rest of the pack. All right, let's move on to the NFC East. 
last year's winners, um, the Dallas Cowboys. Went 12 and 5 in the end last year. That's, I felt, I felt they started really well and they sort of just faded. Fate absolutely faded. Um, I mean, let's talk about the defense first. I feel they they were so boom or bust last year. You just. Yeah. Like, can the turnover luck continue? Can Trayvon Diggs basically do it again? Because the amount of times they gave up big plays, but sort of held up because they would get ridiculous numbers of turnovers. Yeah. I feel like that was. Yeah, I mean, it, it it does feel like a bit of a statistical anomaly that that won't continue for that much longer. I mean, unless we're all missing something and it's the brilliance of the Dallas defensive scheme, but I feel like it, it has felt more by luck than judgment. Um, I've, I still have a big questions about that passing defense in general. Yeah. And aside from that, and not just on the defensive side, but as a whole team, like the number of penalties that they gave away last year was a fucking joke. Like they have to clean that up, otherwise there's no chance of them being a real contender, because they the amount of times they shot themselves in the foot with pre-snap penalties was just unbelievable. Yeah, and that comes down to poor coaching and like, I mean McCarthy gets a bad rap now because he's seen it out of touch. But if you're committing that many penalties and you're making weird ass fourth down decisions, yeah, there's a reason why you're getting stick because they should have been a much better team last year than they were for sure. Like if you have that sort of turnover luck and aren't taking advantage of it. It, first of all, that's not going to carry on year to year. Yeah, exactly. They lost... Um, who was it they lost to the Broncos, the pass rusher? Oh, I know who you mean. That's going to be really annoying, but... Who who was it? I want to say Randy Gregory. That was it, yeah. Randy Gregory. So, I mean, all their big players are sort of getting up there now. Yeah. Like, Tyron Smith doesn't play a whole, whole year anymore. Nope. Absolutely They've not. now got Terrence Steele starting at right tackle. Like, that... The offensive line that used to be a huge strength for them is was was not it last year. It's definitely not, not going to no. be it this year. Um, you sign someone like Anthony Barr to be a starting linebacker. Is that is Anthony Barr still the same player he was three years ago? Doubt it. I'm I'm not entirely sure he was. Demarcus Lawrence looks very good, but I can't remember the last time he played a full year. Yeah. <sighs> they are. They do feel like a roster held together with sticky tape at this point. In terms of like, if one person goes down, then it, it will have a big old effect um and yeah like the main thing for me is just that i think that passing defense was their achilles heel last season and just how easy it was for teams to score on them but also just score ridiculously quickly as well um and as you said those turnover numbers i don't think will carry on in which case they'll be in a big problem because those really helped to sort of mask that side of the problem and and that really helped to keep the cowboys in games that maybe they didn't really deserve to still be in mm. Um, and if, if if we're expecting that that comes down, then they could be in a world of trouble. Yeah. I mean, my question on offense was, can they just find a little bit of consistency? Because mm. I think C.D. Lamb's a terrific player, but I, I don't know. Something just hasn't seemed to click. Yeah, he hasn't really way. taken that next sort of... You, you sort of thought that he would be... He would gradually sort of fade out Amari Cooper and, and it would be he would be the go-to guy. And it never really happened. And then it, they, it feels like they kind of force it to happen by, you know, Mario Cooper's gone now. So it's almost like they're like, well, he will do now. But we haven't really seen the evidence to suggest that he is at that level yet. And I wouldn't almost be surprised if Michael Gallup, when he comes back from injury, turned into sort of that yeah. Mario Cooper role. Because he's more that sort of traditional number one receiver build. Yeah. Like, I, I don't I don't know. I find, it, I find it difficult to sort of understand what they want to do on offense. Hmm. 
Yeah, and I th- I feel like a lot of their offense last season was was situational rather than like planned in terms of like they found themselves in situations where they had to score really quickly to stay in games and to and to be able to you know with the defense that they had they had to put points to the ball quickly. Mm. Um, uh, Murray Cooper's their explosive player. Yeah, that can get at, like a forty yard play like that. I think that that I think that's probably the best way of maybe understanding it. CD Lamb is a fantastic player. But he is what Cooper Cup was before last year. He's a chain mover. He's not a yeah, exactly. big yardage player. And if he can take that next step and do what um, Cooper Cup did, then fantastic. They're 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 away with the fairies and all that. Well, big up them. But if it's so much shotgun, empty everything out, right? Let's get five yards here on third and five. Yeah, it it's playing to not lose ground rather than playing to win. And it's also playing into the weaknesses of their own defense if they're if if they carry on that trend of being able to be scored on super quickly mm. and then you've got an offense that can't reply in 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 kind then yeah that's that's a real problem yeah because for all the applause that that gets about smart smart qb is that you can't just sort of spread it out right boom 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 um Five yards cut, five yards cut. It's not you can't win with the old sort of Tom Brady offense. That's what I was going to say. If if you if you were going to win like that, you'd need to have a defense that doesn't give up big, doesn't doesn't give up quick scores yeah. basically for that to work. Um, and on last season's evidence, they just don't have that infrastructure there yet. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. Um, I still think they're talented enough to make the playoffs. Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. I I think. A lot of things would have to go wrong for them to not make the playoffs. They're just not a challenger. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put them in that bracket of an of a serious Super Bowl contender at this point. Um, they, there's just they're just too thin in too many places, and there's too many question marks about their ability to score points quickly and not concede points quickly. Um, but it's yeah. not a fun position to be in. It's not a fun position. But they do you'd get like to, to be able to. Ideally, yeah. yeah. But they do get to play the Giants twice a year, so so whoop de do to them exactly. All right, moving on to the Philadelphia Eagles. Made the playoffs last year, got absolutely oosted, oosted by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers early on. I mean, the biggest question for the Eagles team is you bring in A.J. Brown, you've got a great offensive line, you've got all these supporting weapons now. Is is Jalen Hurts the guy? Can is he stand he in the pocket boy? and deliver the ball? That's a big old question, my friend. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I do... I find it really difficult with Jalen Hurts because I do really like him. I think he... As a as like a, a leader of a team, and in terms of a, a culture guy, and you know all that around his character, I think he's a great person to have if you're a young franchise and you're trying to build that sort of culture. I just, I it's difficult to know what his ceiling is as a pure passer, mm. and if it's enough to be able to build around for a Super Bowl what con- contending team. Um, I think he shows enough as a playmaker with his legs and, you know, he, he's shown impressive flashes at times. I just, yeah, I can't get behind him as that sort of quarterback who you, who can make plays in both parts of the game and can play at a level required of a team that has those sort of ambitions. Absolutely. I think talent-wise, he probably has the pieces he needs. Mm. But, like, just looking at the reviews of Eagles training camp, the amount of great days he has and subpar games he has... yeah. Is is too inconsistent to be a real mm. contender, and it's a shame as an Eagles fan because the rest of that offense, especially, is really it's, fucking yeah, good. It is, yeah. 
I, I I feel like he is sort of in that that sort of tour position where it's like right well you can sort of excuse some of the earlier struggles because of the state of the team at that time but now they Tua and Hertz I think are in positions where it is this year is the right are you an NFL starting QB yeah. you just want him to be able to stand in the pocket and throw the ball over the middle a bit more than it's like it's frustrating because when you when he touches the ball runs get outside the pocket either makes a good play or scrambles for four yards it's like yes that's great but at some point you have to play yeah you have to play the offense yeah exactly you can't you can't it's it's a good it's a really valuable addition to be able to make plays when things break down and the best players do that but the best players also exceed when nothing goes wrong when when the play unfurls as it's supposed to mm. and they can deliver to the play yes it's like he sometimes bails that touch earlier yeah and yes he's gone and make a play which the elite players do exactly as you said but sometimes you just got to take what you're given. Yeah, exactly. And when you've got two really good targets over the middle and Dallas Goddard and AJ Brown now. I mean, that's super exciting, right? Like, I, the yeah, that was a, a really cool move, I thought, by the Eagles to bring in Brown. Um, because I think it's been a while since you've had that as a as a structure in terms of having a tight end like Goddard, but also someone on the outside that's going to give you that that sort of one-on-one matchup ability. Mm. Um so there is so much potential for you to really have a, an amazingly balanced offense now. It's just whether you get that production from the pocket that you need from Hurts. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my biggest question on defense is, can Hassan, how are they going to use Hassan Reddick? Because mm. it looks like it's going to be a 4-3 defense. Okay. Again, because that's what... Wait, what the f- that's what they do. It's just it's what, it's what they do. It's what they do. It's what they do. Um, Hassan Reddick is more of an outside linebacker. How yeah. are they going to utilize him? The pass rush was dead last year. Dead pass rush. And so the move in itself to bring in Hassan Reddick is great. But why would you spend all that money to someone that's going to be sort of a sub-package kind of player? How- yeah, that's interesting. Because, I, I mean, maybe they maybe they will sort of... Yeah, because, I, I mean, I can see the logic behind making that move. But as you said, are you paying a massive premium for someone that you're only going to be able to use situationally? Um, in which case, are you getting the value that you need from that that cap hit? I, I would I would be worried about your linebacks in general. I think as well. Um, yeah, I mean that's going to be how how Roseman all day long. I mean, you bring Kasir White and hopefully Nakobe Dean as well. Mm. Can I mean, it should be better than what we've had in the past for sure. And I think I mean Marcus Epps apparently has a very good training camp in safety. It's can Darius Slay and James Bradbury basically keep the pressure off the rest of the defense because mm. if Slay entering age 31, 32 takes a step back and James Bradbury is more 2021 James Bradbury than 2022 James say, Bradbury. Yeah. 2020 James Bradbury, then the back seven of this defense could be in real trouble. Mm. If they're as good as they could be, then I don't really have too many worries there. Yeah. I mean, just coming on to James Bradbury, I'm, I'm not very high on him. I, I don't, you know, I just I feel like he's never really showed the consistent level of production that has warranted the hype around him. I would agree. When your alternative is Zach McPherson and you're picking him up for very oh, little money, what a name! Then it absolutely makes it makes sense to run roll those dice. Yeah, I guess so. That that's a fair point. Um, but yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll have to see how that pans out. It will be very interesting, as you said, to see how they use Riddick, though. Because that secondary d- depth is is not, is not 
there. It's not, it's not the one, is it, my friend? It's not. I would be very disappointed if this team didn't make the playoffs, though. Really? That's I your, think, that's I think your they've got. I think they've got a higher ceiling than the Cowboys do. Okay. Yeah. I. It just so much relies on those players taking a next step, mm. especially Jalen. If Jalen Hurts can be sort of a mid-level passer, mid, and add what he does on the ground, it's going to be a very good offense. Yeah, I I could get behind that. To be fair, I I I would say with both you and the Cowboys, I would say the range between the ceiling and floor is quite high, though. Like I yeah. think I I could see. I feel like you're both rosters that are in a state where it's either going to be really good or it could come crashing down. Yeah, to be honest, would, um, would back that. Both which would be inter- interesting to watch. So yeah, absolutely. Um, the Washington Commanders. Um, it's Carson Wentz. Look, Carson Wentz was bad at points last year. He's bad at many But he also has year. a much bigger arm than any of the other Washington quarterbacks have had in the last few years. Yeah, it's like, but his brain's but, rubbish. Yeah, but it's like, can you just get enough deep balls to Terry McLaurin and sort of Curtis Samuel under the middle? Just really, like, make something of it. And they've got Doxon now as well. They do. So just fewer left-handed throws... <laughs> like if, if you've got to turn the ball over over anyway, you may as well just heave it downfield, right? Yeah, you might as well give it a big old yeet. Like the issue with Carson Wentz was never that his sort of physical talents. No, it was what was between the ears at times. It just it's worrying what is in is in between those ears. I'm not I'm not mean, big. You have to talk yourself yeah. so high to be high on the commanders. That I'm I'm not there. I just think they can be. Hopefully, they'll be at least be fun. At I think it depends on your definition of fun, really. I think they'll be very fun to watch from a neutral perspective because, like you said, Carson Wentz does have the capacity to do something amazing and then do something rather silly straight away afterwards, um, which is infuriating if it's your team. But if it's not, then happy days. Um, I don't think this team have really got any chances of being a serious contender when it comes to sort no. of playoffs or anything like that. Though. And th- this point last year, we were like, okay, well, at least the defense will be good. And then they came out and yeah. were terrible. Yeah. And they've got the same sort of players, but like they've got some decent players there. There was no reason for them to have been so bad, especially to start the season as they were last year. I think they've developed too much of a reliance on, on Chase Young for being their real only source of pass rush and also like trendsetter on that defense you're not a Montez Sweat fan not really he's okay I, I mean he's, he's a good player I don't I don't think he's an elite player I think Chase Young is an elite player um and this he feels like someone who they really miss when he's not there um and it's never especially on defense I feel but it's never a smart move to be so so reliant on one one player and and for them to, if they're not there and it, it capitulates you'll sort of game plan that much then you're in a world of pain yeah that's right and I think the rest of it I mean Jonathan Allen's a very good player yeah a nose tackle but yeah if if Chase Young's not performing or is injured again then you've just double teamed Jonathan Allen you're not worried about Deron Payne or Montez Sweat all of the time exactly it becomes too easy then doesn't it in terms of like yeah they and and that's what they really struggle with, like being able to actually have a sustained pass rush that wasn't just emanate from Chase Young. I feel. Yeah. And let me just name the other seven they've got listed as starters. Oh god! <laughs> I mean, I don't know if they're bad, but they're just not. Wow! Look at that. It's David Mayo, Cole Holmes. That's a condiment. Holcomb, Jamin Davis, Kendall Fuller, Cameron Curl, Bobby McCain, and William Jackson. Who William Jackson is still only twenty nine. I swear he was like thirty. Yeah, he's been around for forever. But it's just like, eh. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't just fill you with confidence. Bobby McCain's fun. If you play Bobby McCain at nickel, he, he's a little 
terrier, but yeah, maybe not as a sustained role in a as your main part of the secondary. He's a starting free safety right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Oh, McCain. High draft pick. Yeah, fairly fairly. I mean, I, I, again, I don't think it would be like a total tire fire, but I don't think it's going to be pleasant. Okay, let's move on to final team. The New York Giants. Now, this this will be unpleasant. All right, here's the thing. You've got a quarterback who's really gifted athletically and has a decent arm. Right. And questionable decision-making. In the extreme. Can Brian Dable make something of that? No. No, Just no. I'm sorry, and, you know... Maybe there is a half decent player in Daniel Jones, but he is average he averages almost two interceptions or fumbles per game for his career, which is just numpty behaviour. And I really dislike the amount of people that have been like, Oh, he's got similar physical traits to Josh Allen. It's like, no, he doesn't. Josh Allen's an absolute monster well, and Daniel Jones is quick. Exactly. Like, shut up. Um I I I really I don't hate Daniel Jones as a player, but I Or as a man. Or as a man, he's probably a lovely fella, but um, he's a starting quarterback for a serious team. He's not, unfortunately. Um, And I think that will be probably, if it's not already apparent, that will be underlined this season. Um, And then the rest of the roster, I feel like they've kind of got diddly fuck else. Yeah, Kenny Golladay is an absolute buster rooney in the money they've paid for him. He looks so slow. Yeah, I don't know what's... I don't know if it's not in it. I don't know, but I don't know if it's just because the... Matt Stafford was just willing to throw out for him and then Daniel Jones maybe isn't as much, but he yeah. just doesn't look as dominant in contested catches as he did. No, nope, not at all. I think as a Giants fan, your best hope is that Andrew Thomas continues his development. Yeah. You see something out of the two first-round picks, Evan Neal and Thibodeau as well, wasn't it, they picked? Yeah. And Saquon Barkley isn't dead. That's a big thing as well, because if it, when he's not injured, he's a good player. But he's, he's a player. I mean, it was it was worrying like at times last year that he just doesn't look like his former self. Maybe a full off season of health, and he's coming back not yeah. not injured. It's like right. That's if I'm a Giants fan, that's all I'm sort of hoping for this season. Yeah, exactly. It's like your pieces that are young for the future look decent, and you can see some friskiness out of the offense. That's like, oh look, Brian Dable can do this fun thing with Kadarius Tony. Yeah, and I, I mean, yeah, to be fair, Kadarius Tony is a decent player. But they're um, never going to compete. They're not going to be in the playoffs. So it's like, right, what what do we have exciting to look for for the future? Yeah, and I think that is going to be tough for the Giants fans because, like I said, not trying to be a total humbug, but I, I feel like Daniel, Daniel Jones is, has, is bar. Um, yeah, I, th- I think they will come to the conclusion this season that he ain't it. He ain't that. He ain't that guy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> On that note, I think that's the end of today's show. Make sure you check out our socials, The Dropback, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. TheDropback.com. We've got articles coming out. I think we've got a couple of college football pieces coming out oh, this yeah. week. Alex has been writing big time. Oh, yes, he has. Um, check out the rest of our podcast because we're going to do the rest of the divisions coming up soon. I've been Sam. I've been Matt. And until next time, See goodbye. See you later. The Dropback with Sam Lewis, Matt Burns-Peak, Joe Costanzo, and Sam Wilson. 